The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. On occasion, in having a discussion about the faith, about religion in general, the remark will sometimes be made, you know, all religions are basically the same. It's this idea that comes from a kernel of truth. The truth is that all religions have to deal with the same basic stuff of human life. They all respond to the problems of the human person, our needs, our desires. In every religion, in some way, better or worse to extents, or better, uh, is uh, ultimately they have to address things such as love, pain, joy, sin, death, suffering. And so, in a way, one could easily say all religions are basically the same, but only on that point. Beyond that, it's a false. It's a lie. Because if all religions are basically the same, why did Christ come? Why is it that he came to save the world? If all religions are basically the same, Christ could have saved himself a whole lot of trouble and just stayed in heaven and avoided the cross. And so we see that by the fact of the life of Christ, all religions are not basically the same. But indeed, there is something different, something unique particularly about the Christian faith. When the Lord came among us, when he took our flesh and became incarnate in the womb of the Blessed Mother, he began a story of revelation. Our Lord, all through the course of his life, he revealed things to us, revealed things to the world. He showed us how to live. He showed us how to pray. He taught us about solitude and about worship. He told us how to teach others, how to love others, how to serve others. He showed us what was the way, the truth, and the life, and ultimately talked to us about heaven, showing us the way to that as well. But among all these things that the Lord Jesus did in his earthly life, the most important thing that he did, the most important thing that he revealed to us was himself. He showed us who God was. He showed us God. This weekend we celebrate Trinity Sunday. When we celebrate and commemorate that central element of the Christian faith, the Blessed Trinity, the great mystery that we worship a God who is one God and yet three persons. It doesn't make sense to us. When we talk about one God, 
who is three persons, it seems more like we, send, we tend to think about more than like three gods. And in fact, the early church was persecuted on that account. They were accused of worshiping three gods because the Trinity was so un-understandable. It doesn't make sense. How is it that we can have one God who is also three who's? The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. That doesn't make sense. How is it that we can have a Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who are equal in all things, but who are distinct from each other? How is it that each of them is fully God and not just 33.33%? It doesn't make sense. And yet, it's what we worship. Rather, it's who we worship. The Trinity. Again, it would be easy for it to be a contradiction. Oftentimes, people look at us who are other monotheistic religions, the Jews, the Muslims, even some Christians look at us, and they think the Trinity is just a work that we've made up in our own minds, something we've tried to create ourselves. But the simple fact is, in accusing us of something so contradictory, they actually only increase our argument for its truth. Because if we go back to the Scripture and we see how the Lord God speaks to us and He reminds us, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. In short, if we really understand God, if we can pierce into the depths and know exactly who God is, we don't know God at all. Because you can't understand a mystery. We can grasp at it and try to make sense of it, and indeed we do and we must. But ultimately, the more we pierce the depths of God, the more confusing it can be. Our whole entire semester at the seminary on the Blessed Trinity, I felt like I knew less about God at the end of it than I did at the beginning. I think that's why the scriptures wisely today are very short. Because the more you say about the Trinity, the more you risk being wrong. It's easy for us to fall away and to start making connections that ultimately get away from who God really is. And so the simple fact is we have one God. And yet, He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I drive on that point because it's important for us to relate with that one God who is Father, Son, and Spirit. When I was in the seminary, each year you have an evaluation in which you go before a board of those who are in charge of your formation for the priesthood. And your, uh, your professors and your formators and other priests and religious in the community, they ultimately write an evaluation of how you're doing, good, bad, and otherwise, to be able to discern whether you should continue for another year or whether you should take your stuff and go home. And so each year you would have to go before this board to be able to see, do I need to find boxes? <laughs> in the first year I was in my theology studies, I went to my evaluation, not exactly sure what was taking, what was taking place, because it was a new set of people that I had been used to before. And so they went through this litany and kind of described all the things that were going on and how I was doing academically and spiritually. And they said, Brent, we have one thing that we would ask of you to really focus on for the next year. We want you to develop a more Trinitarian prayer life. What does that mean? <laughs> 
I just kind of looked at him and I said, okay, that sounds great. Yeah, I'll work on that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so I went off back to my room and, and uh, you know, it was always a thing is you'd get around with your friends and be like, all right, this is what they told me. Well, you know, and I said the same thing. I, I, I said, they told me to develop a more Trinitarian prayer life. And they all looked at me and said, what does that mean? I said, exactly. I don't even know, but I'm supposed to do it. And I thought it was kind of foolishness. And I was like, yeah, whatever that means. And I just kind of went on about my way. And I didn't realize until I was actually ordained a priest and, and for a few years that they were actually right. And I began to understand exactly what they meant. I thought it was foolishness initially. I mean, my relationship with me and Jesus was quite strong. And that was the problem. It was just me and Jesus that I was focusing on. But indeed, we must pray not just to the Lord Jesus, but also to the Father and to the Spirit. And it's that that they were trying to encourage in me. The church encourages us in the same. It's easy for us to have a great devotion in prayer to Jesus. We've got pictures of him, huh? We've got statues of them. We've got crucifixes. We've got prayer cards. We've got books. We've got all kinds of things. And even if we didn't have all of those things, we could still relate to him in a certain sense because he's one who was like us, flesh and blood. He walked like us. He experienced things just as we do. So it's easy for us to relate to Jesus. And indeed, we should. But we miss something if we only relate to Jesus. The liturgy of the church encourages us to broaden our horizons. In fact, if you, if you listen to the prayers that we offer in Mass, there is one prayer that is offered to Jesus. It's right before the sign of peace. All the rest of the prayers are offered to the Father. Listen over and over and over again through the prayer of the liturgy. Everything is addressed to God and Lord. But when we say that, we speak to the Father. Because at the end of each of those prayers, and oftentimes in the middle, like in the Eucharistic prayer, we say things such as, through Christ our Lord. So we offer our prayer to the Father, through Christ our Lord, in unity with the Holy Spirit. So the church, our mother, teaches us to relate to our Father, to speak to our Father, to turn to our Father in our time of need. Indeed, when asked by the disciples to teach them how to pray, the prayer that Jesus taught them was, Our Father. And so it's important for us to speak to the Father, especially in the liturgy, to be able to speak to our God and here to worship. But not just to worship the Father, again, but also the Holy Spirit. Without the Spirit, we miss out on everything else. Because we can have our, our great devotion. It seems like a, a, often it kind of divides into the three portions of the spiritual life. The Father gets the liturgy, the proper prayer of the church. The Son gets our devotional prayer where we speak to Jesus in our prayer, read about him in the scriptures. But the life of the Holy Spirit is supposed to be with us in the daily stuff. Because our prayer is not just confined to our prayer, our prayer time or time at church. Our life of prayer is supposed to be continuous. And it's there that the Holy Spirit becomes most alive in us. And he invites us to speak to him. In the quiet of the day, that simple urging in our heart. That simple voice of God that speaks to us from time to time. Not always with a, an audible voice. In fact, most often not. But just in the quiet of our heart, a knowing. A deep knowing that we're supposed to do something. And it's He who is with us, the Holy Spirit. 
And so it's the Spirit who dwells in us that was given to us in Pentecost, given to the church to be the life of the church. And so we speak to him as well. So as we come on this Blessed Trinity Sunday, we rejoice in the gift of the revelation of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a great mystery, but one who loves us even more than we can understand. And so we pray that by the grace of this Mass, by the time of our prayer here, and our worship and adoration of this Blessed Trinity, that we might be able to come to understand Him a bit more deeply, that we might be able to love Him more profoundly, and loving Him, we might be able to follow Him to the path where we can be with Him forever in heaven.